0: Hello, and welcome back to All Rings Considered, a read-through The Lord of the Rings. Today we are on episode 45, and that is Book 5, Chapter 2, The Passing of the Grey Company. All right, and this is actually quite a big chapter. There's a lot that's going on. Um, This is a merry chapter, so we're back over with the writers of Rohan. Uh, And the writers of Rohan... uh, Théoden, Aragorn, and company are on their way to Helm's Deep from Isengard. On their way, uh, they are met by uh, rangers of the north who have business with Aragorn. Um, They make their way to Helm's Deep, and in Helm's Deep, uh, kind of mirroring what Pippin does in the last chapter, he swears his allegiance to Théoden and becomes his esquire. Um, Aragorn has discussions with the uh, Dúnedain, and he decides that he must go through the Paths of the Dead, which were a, path, a mountain pass uh, uh, through the, the White Mountains, if I remember correctly. Um, and he has business there, fateful business. Uh, Aragorn must take uh, Gimli, Legolas, uh, and the Dúnedain, and they go off on their own. They go ahead to Dunharrow. Théoden uh, is—or Mary is with Théoden. Um, and so Aragorn and company go ahead and they reach Dunharrow, which they, uh, there's a scene with Eowyn, uh, and then Aragorn, uh, takes them through the Paths of the Dead, um, which is a, an ancient, uh, haunted area, mountain cave, <laughs> um, and they emerge on the other side, uh, and there's this, uh, Aragorn calling upon the, uh, the ghosts of some, uh, Oathbreakers, who uh, actually who manifest themselves, and these spirits are back, and they are uh, uh, following Aragorn. It's a lot going on. Um,
1: yeah, it's a long chapter, yeah. but the core of it, the heart of it, is is Aragorn passing through the ha- paths of the dead, picking up his undead army or dead army, whichever one you want to go with. Um, and I suppose also making sure the Dunedain here are with him. As well as, uh, did you catch this, Elrond's sons are there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Dunedain. And Tolkien does this in the most sort of oblique way. Uh, he says something, But the brethren, Eladan and Elrohir have ridden with us, desiring to go to the war. And you might be thinking, who the heck are those people? Well, uh, Tolkien does not explain that to you <laughs> right away. <laughs> um, and instead, you are like, you either... I don't remember if they're mentioned in the Council of Elrond. I didn't go back and look, or or at least in that area. I didn't go back and look. Um, I saw those two names, thought, huh? And then later, one of them says, here says to him, I bring word to you from my father. And I'm thinking, huh? <laughs> um, so who's that? And then it's not until later um, that they get to say, it is a gift I bring you from the Lady of Rivendell. And that's when I start pie- piecing it all together and thinking, okay. So... Those two are Elrond's sons. They have the L in their name, and they're all coming from Rivendell. It seems Dúnedain and, and and the sons. And yeah, it, it it took a bit. I'm not sure why that's not explicitly told to to us, but but is know. there? Yeah, maybe they were mentioned way back in Book Two. But uh even if they were, that's a pretty unreasonable expectation for me to remember that. So
0: right, there there is a line I think in this chapter where they're. Uh, one of them is standing next to Aragorn and then uh, Mary remarks that it's difficult to tell the two apart. Or maybe it was actually Gimli. Mm. I've read this book, I promise.
1: At some point in our lives if you read this book. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, well, so I, in the beginning uh, we have this parallel I kind of mentioned of uh, Mary uh, swearing his allegiance to a king of, of, yeah. of Rohan. Um, last chapter, of Pippin swore his allegiance to Gondor. One thing I wanted to note, um, there's a lot of characterization of what a king should be like in this chapter. Mary when he swears his oath, he actually swears it to theoden himself, and Théoden receives him quite warmly. Yeah. And and he is Théoden's squire. Pippin swears his he is uh much more um sworn to Gondor than to Denethor. So I mean and you see like Mary follows theoden like he rides right next to him. Pippin is a servant of Gondor the city uh and it's kind of interesting There are two paths like how like ah, a yeah. king accepts uh Mary quite warmly
1: and two that uh I mean compare Theoden and Aragorn for a minute Theoden's a lot warmer than Aragorn is right Aragorn yes. is characterized here a good number of times as become very stern and very proud and haughty and these things and not that Tolkien suggests those things are bad but uh they're not Theoden's way of doing things it's very yeah it seems like Gondor's whole style is going to be very different from Rohan's style, for whatever that's worth. The the um, writing here is interesting. I, I, I do think this has got a good strong ending for ending to this chapter when he's writing out with the dead. I love the last line where it says, But the next day there came no dawn, and the grey company passed on into the darkness of the storm of Mordor, and were lost to mortal sight, but the dead followed them. Yeah. It's a really cool great. ending to a chapter. Yeah. Uh at you're a bit of suspense because you don't know you know, Airborne has not picked up this army. They're riding through Gondor, but to what, you know, end, we don't know. And actually we're not going to see Aragorn again until several chapters later. So we won't know what they do for a little while. And it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cool moment when they come back. Um we get to find out what happened with that. But yeah, what a what a great little ending there. The dead followed them. I really like classic. Liked-
0: this uh this reading through I uh I think I appreciated the description of the uh Path to the Dead more. Um mm. I like that the part where they're going through the valley and or like between this chasm of two walls, uh of stone and then above it's not it's not actually night, but they see uh darkness and stars above them.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a good creepy. It's it is very strange, isn't it? I do feel this whole chapter's it stands out in the book it's just kind of weird you know what i was thinking about though i was thinking it was weird but then i thought well if i go way back to book one and i'm looking at the barrows and stuff then this chapter isn't that strange it's only because i feel kind of far away from that stuff that this feels a little different Hmm. but um maybe it's not as different as i as i may have thought but uh yeah there's there's kind of this like surreal vibe to this chapter right like look at how the writing changes when they're going to pass the dead it just becomes way less all of a sudden lots of time is covered very briefly and everything's spoken very abstractly they just pass through it and they're just writing and it just says that really quickly and then the dead follow them and it's just the reactions uh, from
0: the uh the villagers uh yeah after as they exit uh is it's not individual characters it's just this general reaction of the Yeah, we're we're
1: taken out of the heads of individuals right we we enter the paths of the dead and we get some Gimli person like we're in Gimli's head for a little bit there and then all of a sudden that goes away and we're just left with these yeah very general vague um perspectives (laughs) so to speak uh very cool I mean I kind of like it though it it gave me a sense of speed and pacing right right that there's there's they're in a race of some kind all of a sudden and the narrative itself doesn't have time to be going into individual people's heads. So, yeah. It, but it, it does make for an overall kind of strange chapter. Yeah. Between I, between the subject matter and that writing style.
0: Right. Um let's see a couple things that we can't forget. Um Aragorn mastering the uh Palantir. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, he's uh Aragorn has become uh even more Aragorn-like than he was before. Uh he he mm-hmm. strives with Sauron and masters the the Palantir to his will, yeah. um, which is surprising to Gimli and Legolas. Yeah. Uh, we can't forget Erwin.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a, this is a cool exchange. I really like Awen and Aragorn's exchange here. Aragorn um, has come to Dunharrow. He meets the Aeowyn. He tells her, I need to go ride the paths of the dead. Awen says, You've got to let me come with you, at least like, come to battle. And Aragorn says she's got to stay with the Rohirrim and take care of of them there. And it's an interesting exchange because Eowyn, I don't know, Aragorn makes a case that isn't related to her gender necessarily. So Aragorn says, um, I like this line a lot. He says, uh, A time may come soon when none will return. Then there will be need of valor without renown, for none shall remember the deeds that are done, in the last defense of your homes. Yet the deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised so his case is just one of we will need you to lead someone if like we fail like somebody needs to stay here and lead in case we fail um but i think eowyn's got a good point to say like you're just saying that because i'm a woman so that's what she how she responds she says all your words are but to say you are a woman and your part is in the house but when the men have died in battle and honor you have leave to be burned in the house for the men will need it no more that's a yeah she's kind of got a point there to say like yeah so i i'm the backup uh yeah little you know is unfair and it's just a, it's an interesting exchange and you know i like that aragorn is wrong here because they went as you know spoiler alert but Aowyn is going to ride to battle <laughs> and do great things and is a very good thing that she does because if she did not these things could have gone differently so um it's it's nice reading this now and knowing that aragorn is wrong um
0: but his points are kind of like right, like he was wrong in a sense that like it wasn't. It's not exactly clear, right? That he that it's not like he's an idiot, right? He's no, like no, no, saying oh no, like, no, yeah yeah yeah. yeah th-
1: right? He's got a good, yeah. He's got a good point. Like they, you do need somebody there, you and know, it an is decision. her duty,
0: right? Like in a sense of like if there was someone else in her place, whether he was uh, a man or a woman, whoever was uh, in charge of the defense of uh, Dunharrow would have to be there anyway too
1: yeah yeah we, we with that being said aragorn i mean do you notice aragorn kind of everyone doesn't dispute her when she says you're just saying that to me because i'm a woman though right like in the end he just he asks her a question because she says that she does not feel she does not fear either pain or death and so he just asks, what do you fear um and she gets to answer him and but that's kind of all he really said. Like he says, I say to you, ladies, stay for you with no into the south. And then eventually when they come back again later and he denies her again, he says, I can't grant it you to come with me without the leave of your king and your brother. Like I'm not your commander. It um, just leaves it at that. And I don't know. I almost get the vibe that Awen got to him. <laughs> and yeah. Like she was right. And he couldn't really like answer it and had to say like, look, in the end, I, I, it's not my place to say it which is interesting I I, Eowyn, I I love this line when he asks what do you fear and she says a cage to stay behind bars until use and old age accept them and all chance of doing great deeds is gone beyond recall or desire and what a great summation of the rohiram point of view that we've seen from them mm-hmm. uh, all throughout these books and um just beautifully summarized there and put it in a powerful scene as anyone's really holding her own against this guy who's you know a king and king of like the greatest human civilization in middle earth and uh i think leaves him a little stumped for how he can really answer that so great great moment i really like that exchange
0: me too i think i think that about covers yeah, it yeah that's
1: about all yeah i'll say my favorite line is the one i read a minute ago with a in the cage um so just one last time Aragorn says, "What do you fear, Lady? A cage," she said, "to stay behind bars until use and old age accept them, and all chance of doing great deeds is gone beyond recall or desire." What about you? Favorite line?
0: Uh it might you know. Honestly, I hadn't decided yet. It's a toss-up. I think my favorite line is when Aragorn is describing Mary. He's talking to one of the rangers, and Aragorn says, uh, "They're watching Théoden and company leave," and Aragorn says. There go three that I love, and the smallest not the least, he said. He knows not to what end he rides, yet if he knew, he would still go on. Um, and it's kind yeah. of interesting, these, both these two recent chapters, there's a um, noticeable uh, increase in the esteem of hobbits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, they've gone from being just prisoners of war right. to, to, to being, as you said, esteemed in, in both cases both Pitman and Mary. so.
0: Oh, and then also, I just, I love this, I, I'm going to just do two, because I love um, this description of Eowyn, but as Aragorn came to the booth where he was to lodge with Legolas and Gimli, and his companions has gone in, there came uh, the Lady Eowyn after him and called to him. He turned and saw her as a glimmer in the night, for she was clad in white, but her eyes were on fire. Mm. And that's just great. Uh, I love it. Um, but... Uh, we have some other things to talk about today, because you have had some Tolkien experiences outside of the book. I, yeah, so, explain to me how that's possible.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> I've had a busy weekend. Uh, this weekend that we're recording this episode um, was the last weekend that the Morgan Library in New York has their Tolkien Maker of Middle-Earth exhibit. This is an exhibit that was in Oxford last year. It came to the Morgan Library earlier this year. And, you know, me being me, I kept saying, oh, I got plenty of time to go to that. And then all of a sudden, it was the last weekend it was in town. I said, oh, crap. So uh, I had to go, of course. And so I, I go to the Morgan Library Saturday. Beautiful day, at least, um, in the city. And there's a line around the block that I stand in for an hour and a half. Um, and this is, I think, you know, 1030 in the morning, I think. Um, so pretty early. <laughs> and si- I stand in that line for about an hour and a half, and I get a ticket that says I can come back at 3.30 to this exhibit. And so then, okay, so I I leave and I go walk around, I go to to a bar, whatever. I come back at 3.30, and then I have to get another line where I wait another hour and a half, just like inside the museum just to get into the exhibit, right?
0: I'm really surprised that it's so uh, difficult to get in here.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know... I'm assuming some of that was because it was the last weekend, so right. everybody was trying to get into it, right? I don't really know that, but i that's what I'm assuming. I, I'm sure it was a popular exhibit anyway. And I was struck. I was very struck by how popular it was. I was struck by how passionate people are to see this Tolkien stuff, right? Um, and I haven't even mentioned what's in the exhibit, but I'll get to that in a second. But but its it, it struck me. It was a very... Uh,
0: it's really about the journey.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so... You get into the exhibit finally after all this <laughs> waiting, and it's a relatively small exhibit, but it walks you through mostly Tolkien's paintings and illustrations and the maps. And these are the original versions of these things that he sent to the publisher. There are some other things there, too. There's some family photographs that are pretty neat, there was a gown he wore when Oxford University granted him a doctorate. Mm-hmm. You know, all kinds of little sort of trinkets and stuff from his personal life, um, which are kind of neat. Uh, but you go around and look at those, and even that's kind of slow, and there's a lot of waiting because there's so many people that you know you're waiting, you just kind of stand and wait until you get to the next item, and then you get to look at it for a bit, <laughs> and then wait some more to get to the next one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they were, you know, all Tolkien's original things, which I thought was really neat, and yeah, you know. It, Funny enough, though, look, I had to go because I'm a fan of Tolkien tourism, right? Like, I've been to Oxford. I went to his grave. I went to Oxford. went to Exeter College and got to see, you know, where he worked and all this. And we We went to Switzerland. We were just in Lauterbrunnen where uh, Tolkien hiked into Lauterbrunnen and Murren and these places that you and I were. So I had to go see it, right? And I I wasn't complaining about the weight. I kind of feared that was my own fault. And I thought, look, I have an obligation to this anyway. Like, I'll do whatever. And just, I was waiting around, but I couldn't help but think, like, man, if I weren't who I am specifically, like Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be that enamored with this exhibit, to be honest. <laughs> because, 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 let me tell you why every almost every image, I think there was there were two that I could think of that don't fit this bill, but almost every image you saw there, you can see, and I have seen online or in books, mm. right? Like, there's nothing like content wise it's not new like right the the novelty is that it's Tolkien's actual copies right that this you know you can say like oh it's really neat this is the paper he put his hand to which I I guess is neat for people I I don't particularly like
0: but it's like a lot of eh. installations are like oh well you know like oh if you see Murakami's works like all together like the grandeur of their their largeness right like oh like it's a great exhibit Mm. but then if you go to exhibit and you see like oh yeah this pen it's actually Tolkien's pen. It's like, ah, right. like, well, it's, you're not increasing the experience by actually seeing it. In, like, there's no yeah, least science just, to yeah, it. Not or, 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 was, yeah, not for me.
1: Again, I'm glad I went. I'm not complaining. I'm just sort of surprised it's as popular as it is. And I guess people just really like to see that that's his original stuff. Um, the only two pieces I remember being really interested in were this early sketch of Don Harrow that I hadn't seen before. Hmm. um i don't know if that's because it's been unpublished prior or not but i had never seen it so i was taken by that and the um a rough draft of the map for lord of the rings that he had done on graph paper and you could see it all worn and scribbled over and uh there was like a burn hole from his pipe uh on it i thought that was kind of neat and yeah it, it was look it was still nice i'm not uh cuz comp- I, I, I sound really critical i don't <laughs> necessarily mean to be i'm just you know, if I were, I don't know what the people around me thought, but if I were them and I had to wait as long as <laughs> I had to wait, <laughs> I would potentially be pretty, like, disappointed. Um, But, eh, eh. anyway, anyway, good to see. It's gone now. It's apparently going to Paris, though, in the coming months. So, if anyone wants to go see it in Paris, um, yeah, check it out. Unless you have to wait eight hours like I did, in which case, eh, maybe not. But... <laughs> So that was good, and and then um, this was the same weekend that the Tolkien biopic movie came out. So uh, I went and saw that too. So it's been kind of a Tolkien weekend for me. The biopic uh, it suffers from a big problem, which is that it's just not a good movie. <laughs> uh, sounds yeah, pretty it, serious. <laughs> it's it's a small problem. It's not a small. It's not a small problem to have. Let me put it that way. <laughs> It t- you know I, it takes all these liberties with his life, which I don't really care about because it's an adaptation. I'm thinking whatever, like do what you need to do. Some of the liberties were a little silly. Uh, there's a frame story going on with it where Tolkien is in the trenches in the First World War at the Battle of the Somme, and he's trying to make his way from one part of the trench to another to see if his friend's still alive, and he's got a loyal a loyal batsman with him, and the batsman's name is Sam, and I'm just kind of dying. That's a little much. It's a little much. But other than that, I didn't mind any of the uh, sort of liberties they took, they just ultimately weren't executed super well. I think as a movie, right? Like, I think it was it was poorly written as a movie, I think. Somebody needed to take a second pass at that screenplay. Mm. I think you can clean up the dialogue. Uh, it's a little wordy. It's kind of unfocused sometimes. Uh, there are some cool little bits. If you know Tolkien, you know his life story, there are cool little bits that you'll recognize. Like, when you see him copying down parts of the poetic at a, I think it's the veluspa where he got the names of the dwarves for the hobbit and you can see him writing them and i think that's cool um or like when he and edith are throwing sugar cubes at people's hats because if you read if you read the biography of tolkien by humphrey carpenter he mentions them doing that mm. um at some point so I, there, you know little details like that i was pleased to see but it, yeah in the end it's just it's, to me its problems were less about the changes they made the changes, yeah, the changes they made to the story and more just about this, it's just not a very good movie. And I wish they had done a better job with the movie itself. Mm. Uh, so, a bit of a shame. Oh, well, well. Also, one weird thing is that Tolkien spends like his whole life telling people he hates Wagner and he hates the Ring cycle of Wagner's operas. And this movie is just like, nah, he was totally influenced by him. I swear, it's really weird. I'm thinking that seems bizarre. strange to me. Um, yeah, I thought it was a weird, weird thing to do. But, yeah, uh, anyway, most of it was fine in terms of the content. It just was not executed super well. So that's what I would say to it.
0: Well, uh, on that note, (laughs) um, what do we have coming up next?
1: Uh, Book 5, Chapter 3, The Muster of Rohan. Excellent. Great. Okay. Cool. We will see you then.